so this day called X, which began in such an ordinary way, is no ordinary day. At 10.35, the banshee wail of the siren echoes the warning, and the city prepares for survival. Apparently in 1957, everybody talked like Rod Serling. A TV docudrama that first aired on CBS back in 1957 shows what the people of Portland would do if Soviet bombers were on their way to launch an atomic attack. The Cold War, of course, is over, but our resident historian Felix Bennell decided this would be a great day to look back at a docudrama which was titled A Day Called X. Felix brought to us by Lake Washington Windows and Doors. Yeah, and we will be playing some siren noises today if you're behind the wheel, so be careful. So back in the early 50s, Portland had the best-funded civil defense program in the U.S. They passed a ballot measure to fund local preparations to be ready in case of nuclear attack by the Soviets. They even built a big bunker in the hills outside of town with an underground operations center where city government could relocate in case of a threat. Now, in September of 1955, they held something called Operation Greenlight, This was a big evacuation drill of downtown Portland where they practiced one afternoon getting thousands of cars and tens of thousands of people out of the city in about an hour. Because the big threat in the 50s was from long-range bombers, there was a scenario where a city like Portland might get a few hours' warning before an attack. So CBS decided to make a half-hour film about Portland's efforts to plan for the worst. Actor Glenn Ford was the narrator. It was A Day Called X, and it premiered on TV in the first weekend of December 1957. When the sirens sound, some cities go underground, take to shelter, particularly if there's little warning. But Portland evacuates according to a well-thought-out plan. The question is, at 10.45, on the day called X, will it work? Now, I've watched this a few times. It's a great time capsule of Portland in 1957. And according to Portland historian Doug Kank Crispin, some viewers actually found it pretty realistic. People in Portland were calling the Oregonians news desk to see if they were actually being bombed, even though if people will watch A Day Called X, and I hope everybody listening to this will indeed do it, uh, you'll see a caption underneath it that says an attack is not taking place, right? Uh, So even though they kind of have this warning, it was viewed as so realistic that people were terrified that they were about to get nuked. You know, it's not quite War of the Worlds in its simulation. I'd call it more of a procedural the bombers are projected to arrive over the Rose City at about 1.47 p.m. Day Called X shows Portlanders calmly packing up and getting out of town for about two hours while the clock inches forward. Here's a bit from probably the scariest part of the film. And at 1.32, as directed by the mayor, the siren sounds once more. Take cover. The evacuation is stopped. And there is nothing to do but wait. Back in the operations center, the day called X reaches its climax. Time now, 1.47. Enemy bombers are probably overhead. You know, now the built-in prep time between detection of enemy bombers headed this way and their arrival was outmoded by the early 1960s. Missiles are just a heck of a lot faster. And in fact, within about six years of a day called X, according to Portland archivist and historian Brian Johnson, Portlanders had a major change of heart. In 57, we were the poster child for, you know, this is what you need to do. And by 63, our council voted to just do away with the Office of Civil Defense because um, Stanley Earle, the commissioner at the time that led the charge against it, said that there isn't going to be any time and we're just giving people false hope. You know, and we held smaller-scale evacuation drills here in Portland and Seattle in the mid-1950s, but nobody made a film about it, as far as I know. 
And the notion of civil defense evolved away from only enemy attack to a more comprehensive approach to emergency management. The idea became to prepare government and civilians for all imaginable situations, from war, accidents, and earthquakes, and other natural disasters. Now, one wrinkle here is that in Washington in 1983, there is a provision of the law funding emergency management that specifically forbid authorities from preparing for, quote, emergency evacuation or relocation of residents in anticipation of nuclear attack, unquote. I'm told we're the only state in the, in the union with a law like this. Now, the genesis of that law is a little unclear to me. It might have been a largely symbolic gesture about the futility of trying to evacuate. That's, you know, the early 80s and the Reagan era of kind of the last real gasp of the Cold War. But when North Korea threatened the West Coast in 2017, there was talk of repealing that part of the law. But uh, not to worry, says Robert Ezell. He's a director of Washington Military Department's Emergency Management Division. He told me that the effects of big disasters, whether earthquakes or severe weather or even war, are pretty similar, and the state is prepared. There was an attempt uh, five years ago uh, within the legislature to remove that provision when uh, there were concerns about North, North Korea missile tests, but uh, those eventually did not end up passing, and there's nothing there that prevents us from planning and preparing for everything that, uh, that we need to do. You know, many of us are old enough to remember the Cold War and some of the disturbing things we saw on TV, if not A Day Called X uh, with Glenn Ford, maybe The Day After with Jason Robards. And uh, we've had about three decades since the Soviet Union collapsed where the nuclear threat felt like it had somewhat diminished. Uh, Mike Pretty thinks about this kind of thing in the work he does for the State Department of Health where he supervises the environmental sciences section for the Office of Radiation Protection, which I just learned yesterday that we have such a thing. His office monitors the environment for radiation, whether from Hanford or the Navy base of Bangor or even the measurable radiation that reached here from Chernobyl 36 years ago. He told me his office is prepared for whatever happens, though he's not overly concerned. But Mike Pretty says that reduced threat that we've all experienced since the early 90s is something he's definitely aware of, you know, even more so nowadays. I'm 60 years old, and I've been like you. I, I lived through the Cold War, and I think back then we were just more accustomed to this sort of thing. And um, I think the 30 years of peace have, have um, we've relaxed, and this is sort of a, a little bit of a wake-up call. I guess the bottom line is, you know, everyone, there is an infrastructure in place preparing the state for whatever happens, and that's a good thing. Um, let's give Glenn Ford the final word. The people of Portland, through, through working together, they're ready. If there really were a day called X, how about you? That big sting. You need a big sting. Every time you say something, Dave, you should play a sting like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in reflecting on what's going on, my, my beef is that we've created a system where one guy is capable of basically blowing up everybody, which I yeah. think is ridiculous. And I think that uh, we have to raise our kids so that if ever one of them were to be in a position under such a tyrant, they just wouldn't follow the order. Yeah. And to me, that's the key, that you don't raise your kids ever to shoot on their own people. You don't raise your kids to be so ignorant that they would follow an order to uh, nuke a city and kill civilians so that uh, the day will come when the tyrant will speak the order and everybody will say, really? Yeah. Sorry, not doing that. That comes yeah. with training your kids to question authority, right? Yeah. I think for generations we've taught kids yeah. – be nice, uh, respect your elders, and that means your teachers and your other adults in your life, and it causes you to follow them because your parents told you to, even if they're doing something that feels wrong in your gut. So if we can raise kids to listen to their gut and speak power to authority, then I think you're going to get what you're asking for, Dave. 
We'll see. Maybe bring Glenn Ford in to narrate some of your family yes, occasions right, when you get together. Now, kids, yeah. do not what your parents say, but what you think is right. Mm-hmm. Felix Bunnell, all his features at MyNorthwest.com. Thank you, Felix. Thanks, Dave.